From the wheat fields of the Thumb to the cherry trees on the Third Coast, Michigan grows more than 300 different foods and products that we all enjoy every day. We're on a mission to find every local restaurant, manufacturer, and food company sourcing their ingredients right here in the mitten. And in the process, bridge the gap between the farm and your fork. We want to introduce you to all things Michigan agriculture and food. This is Michigan AF. Hello, friends, and welcome back to our podcast. When it comes to topics of climate change and greenhouse emissions, agriculture often gets a bad rap. But farmers are taking proactive steps to reducing their carbon footprints and partnering with companies like Consumers Energy to reduce reliance on potential harmful practices. Today, I am joined by Greg Salisbury, the Vice President of Electric Distribution at Consumers Energy, to talk more about the work they're doing to help farmers be more sustainable. Welcome to the podcast, Greg. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So I would love to just start by learning more about you and the role that you have at Consumers Energy. Yeah, sure thing. I uh, I actually was raised on a farm, so it's uh, it's awesome to be supporting farmers now uh, because uh, back in the day, I was uh, on a swine and row crop operation up over in Ingham County and uh, did the 4-H thing at the Mason uh, Ingham County Fairgrounds and Learned an awful lot about hard work and uh, and how to fix a tractor laying in the mud in the cornfield in November and all, all the other fun things that came along with farming. Uh, subsequent to that, I worked in the auto sector for a while with GM and and then I got involved in the, in the farming business again at a little company called Fresh Solution Farms that I started along with uh, some Michigan potato growers to uh, to build a world class facility to store, uh, wash, size, and package table stock potatoes for uh, for sale all through the Midwest and East Coast, um, uh, leveraging the great potato production capabilities here in Michigan that have been such a big part of the potato chip business and, uh, and get a bigger footprint along with some of the existing operations in the table stock aspect of, uh, of fresh produce and potatoes in Michigan. So learned a lot about the food side of things in that experience. and. Subsequent to that, worked at Stryker and medical devices for a while, and now I'm over six years uh, with Consumers Energy. Uh, spent about four years as vice president of gas engineering, and we can talk a little bit about the great renewable natural gas opportunities uh, that I worked on and the team has delivered in that area. And then uh, about eight months ago, I became vice president of electric distribution engineering. And, and so now I'm in the thick of it on both the programs that we offer um, farmers and growers around um, improving efficiency and reducing energy waste, as well as uh, working together to figure out uh, land strategy and help them turn acreage that might not be ideal for crops into a great revenue producing uh, solar farm. That's great. And I definitely want to talk more about that, but love hearing that you have a farm background. And so you can definitely relate to farmers and what they're trying to do. Uh, so a number of Michigan farmers rely on consumers energy for their energy as their energy provider. Can you kind of give us a more broad overview of how consumers is working with farmers within the state? Yeah, sure thing. 
You know, the, the first thing for us is always safety. And we've had a longstanding program to be available to help as farmers work on their own electric equipment and make sure that we have grounding circuits set up correctly and that the delivery of power to the farm is always safe. And, and I always want to encourage farmers to just remain mindful of overhead primary wires and secondary service wires uh, and recognize that uh, those things sit there and we don't think of them um, until something bad happens. And uh, so we're always looking to help in whatever way we can to make sure that everyone stays safe around the electricity. We're also offering some fantastic programs with financial rewards to drive uh, energy waste reduction. We have a program uh, where farmers can get up to a $1,500 rebate when they call us for an energy audit and work with our team to create a plan to reduce waste, energy waste and, and not only um, save energy, but save money. Uh, we also have a program uh, that we can work together with farmers who can apply through the USDA Rural Energy for America program, which includes uh, up to $500,000 in grants and loan guarantees to do bigger projects around energy waste reduction. We offer rebates on in-floor heating, which is so much more efficient, um, LED grow lights for indoor production, environmental control systems, um, low and zero energy watering for livestock, and, and even uh, lighting system retrofits and high efficiency grain dryers, also high efficiency agriculture, irrigation and drip conversion. So we are available and I would just encourage farmers and growers to call us anytime you're investing in your assets. Um, call us, let us come out and work with you to help identify um, ways to bring new technology um, into, into your operation that saves you money, lowers your bills, and, and offers these fantastic rebates. That's really fantastic. And so, speaking of these offerings, I know in 2021, consumers launched their uh, clean energy plan, which agriculture plays a really vital role in that. What are some of the ways that you are supporting farmers with the clean energy plan? Yeah, our clean energy blueprint is a 20 year plan to make a huge reduction in the carbon footprint of Michigan's energy without compromising on reliability, resilience, or affordability. It involves the careful run, run through a reduction plan of the use of coal and the eventual shutdown of our coal plants and replacing them with uh, some very clean natural gas fired power plants to offer that really important dispatchable power, we call it in the industry, uh, that where you can get a lot of electricity quick onto the grid. Um, it involves continued expansion of the use of our fantastic huge battery in Ludington, the Ludington pump storage facility, one of the largest in the world, um, that allows us to pump water out of Lake Michigan when there's excess energy on the grid and then use it to generate power uh, at, during times of the day when there might not be enough energy on the grid. And then all of that is underpinned by a massive increase in solar. So 8,000 megawatts of solar will be added across the state on behalf of consumers and energy customers by 2040. And that's where the fantastic opportunity comes for, for landowners. Um, you know, as a farmer, I know that not every acre of land is the same. And I want everybody to know we're not about 
looking to convert your most productive land into solar farms. But we recognize there's land that you may you may not be getting a great return on. And we would love to look at how can we potentially work with you to put solar facilities on that property. They're safe, they're quiet, they're low maintenance, um, and they and they just sit and efficiently produce electricity that can be um, it could be a revenue generating asset for you in terms of an easement and a lease agreement, or maybe in the one-time benefit of just a sale. So it's just really important that people remember, we're not out trying to take anybody's land out of great ag use. Um, Michigan has always been a top ag state. Last I knew we were like uh, second in the country for the most diverse production of of agricultural commodities. And I know we're top 10 in many different individual commodities. And Michigan's proud of that. We're proud of that. We want we don't want to change that, but but we think this is there's a great win-win here for some of that marginal land that may not be super productive year in and year out as cropland or grazing land, but might be a fantastic place for solar field. So if a farmer or anyone wanted to, you know, really look at using solar energy um, in that way, about how much land does it actually take to be able to build one of those, those, um, you know, panel, I think, farms, uh, whatever they're called? <laughs> yeah, solar farms. Uh, you know, 100 megawatts is, is a great scale to start um, being profitable. And so think of like a 500 to 900 acre sort of contiguous piece of property. Um, uh, can, it can be a little not contiguous, but you know, relatively close knit, five to 900 acres. And as time goes by, technology will improve and the solar panels will get more efficient um, and the industry would call it capacity factor. So you know, out of all the hours of sun that shines on the panel, how much of it can turn into electricity. As technology improves, I suspect we'll see smaller projects will become um, financially viable. Uh, but right now, it, it tends to be those bigger chunks of acreage. Yeah, and you mentioned being you know, financially viable. I know the investment for installing solar can be somewhat costly. Are there programs or you know, other things that are in place that can kind of help offset some of those costs? There absolutely are, and uh, and I think that's one of the important reasons to think about reaching out to us. Um, online, we have a site called consumersenergy.com slash mysolar, M-I-Solar. Um, we have ways to be a partner um, and or help um, farmers if they you know want to look at um, potentially develop, developing something um, through a developer that we would play a role in as well. So many different paths, each of them are a little bit unique, but it's a great time to be, to be thinking about this and to be reaching out and making a connection. You know, one of the important factors about this whole solar conversion around the nation is that the larger the scale of the project, the more uh, valuable it is to the grid. And so if, if we can continue to consolidate large projects that are really efficient to build and operate, everybody will benefit more than if we get a bunch of small projects that are that are less efficient and more spread out and, and there's just more overhead and operating efficiently. So uh, utility scale or, or is, is the best way to solve this challenge of finding uh, solar energy for Michigan. 
And, uh, and so we just encourage people to reach out to us. Uh, and we've always been a trusted partner. We want to continue to be a trusted partner. And, uh, and we look forward to working with, with Michigan's farmers to figure out the best way to utilize that land that they might be looking to increase the value of in their portfolio. That's great. And so I know, you know, some of these projects are still just getting off the ground, but what are some of the results that you're already seeing with farmers who have implemented the use of solar energy on their farm? You know, there are a few uh, big ones in construction now. Uh, there's a there's a few that have gone into production and uh, there's always a little bit of an adventure working with township governments and, and getting everybody comfortable with how far back from the road is it going to be? How are we going to um, build access? And, and in some cases, I think there's even grazing that goes on around the solar panels. Um, I know sheep is a common one that I've seen pictures of, but uh, there's still plenty of grass growing around those solar panels. So uh, the, the few that are up and running uh, seem to be, once you get through that friction of getting everybody comfortable with with this as a new kind of rural thing to run into, then it, it typically goes pretty well. Great, that's wonderful. Well, and in addition to providing solar um, resources and solutions for farms, I know you have some programs for residential areas working through some solar gardens. Do you wanna talk a little bit more about how that works? Yeah, we do have a, a growing um, suite of products community scale or individual scale and you know i would say that's in its infancy um, in comparison to the utility scale solar uh, but it's another topic to connect with us about and think about smaller scale you know think about how storage battery storage might play a role and uh, there's a there's a lot going on in that space uh, and we would like to be in the conversation as a partner. Um, there's there's getting to be lots of different ways to connect with companies who are interested in, in different ways of developing those products and, and, pro and processes. But again, much like the large scale solar, if these solar installations are gonna be good for the grid, um, we need to have them coordinated with the grid. And so um, we think that um, keeping us in the game will allow us to deliver the most value um, because we'll be able to orchestrate the resources and have, have the ability to turn on the delivery mechanism for, for all these little solar projects when the grid needs it, to maybe utilize it to run that Ludington pump system during a long sunny day in the summer. Uh, and, uh, and so we just encourage people to continue reaching out to us to think about the how to get the most value for their solar asset, whether it's small or big, as part of an orchestrated grid solution, um, not just an individual standalone. Wonderful, that's great. And I know you mentioned it earlier, but can you tell us one more time where people can find out more about uh, the clean energy blueprint and consumers energy and the work in solar? Yeah, sure thing. It's at consumersenergy.com slash mysolar. That's M-I-S-O-L-A-R. And that'll, uh, that'll get you connected. You can always call our uh, our call center, our 1-800 numbers as well. And uh, our, our folks are standing by and know how to get you in connection to the right people uh, if you're more comfortable going through the, through the call center. 
Wonderful. Well, Greg, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast to talk about the role that companies like Consumers Energy play in agricultural sustainability. Sure thing. You know, we should probably also cover the RNG, the renewable natural gas piece. So yes, please do. The uh, So before we sign off, I, we have a few projects that we're developing with some dairy operations. And, uh, and this is just a fantastic idea. And, you know, having been on a pig farm, I know that dealing with manure is nobody's favorite thing. And uh, the neighbors also don't like it because it smells. And through anaerobic digesters, we can take manure from dairy operations or from swine operations, work with the grower to set up a jointly developed facility where that manure would be anaerobically digested. The natural gas methane that comes off of that can be refined and put right onto the pipeline and as a commodity that, that's ha that has value and used by the farm and by everyone else on the system, just like methane that we might import from the Permian Basin in Texas, but it's produced right here in Michigan and, uh, and stays in Michigan. And it's methane that would have been released into the atmosphere anyway. So uh, we have, it changes the carbon footprint of the farm operation as well as the entire natural gas system. What's left or the digestate from that digestion process then makes great livestock better. And many people end up bringing it right back into uh, the barn. And instead of using sand or other more difficult to handle, it makes a nice soft um, organic bedding material. So uh, again, uh, on our website or through an email address at agservices at cmsenergy.com, we'd love to talk to uh, folks who have manure producing operations about how they might have a role to play in the future of uh, of actually taking the, the, the methane footprint um, out of ag production and putting it into the natural gas system as a fuel. That is wonderful. I know that uh, all you know U.S. dairy farmers have a, a commitment to implementing uh, technologies on their farms to basically be carbon neutral by 2050. So I'm sure that this is a huge, huge part of that and plays a hu huge role in that. Absolutely. You know, naturally captured methane is not only carbon neutral, it's carbon negative because it's methane that would have been released that you captured and then you, and then you use it as a fuel, which means you don't have to pump methane out of the ground somewhere distant from here and run it through hundreds of miles of pipe where it leaks out and seeps out. And so in the, in the equation of, of methane, Renewable natural gas methane from a dairy farm is actually carbon negative. So not only does it get to a zero carbon footprint for the milk we produce, but it also um, takes takes the carbon footprint of the entire um, energy system down. So it's a great step for sustainability. And what could be better than turning manure into a money generating resource uh, that, uh, that it isn't very often, at least it wasn't when I was on the farm. No, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And again, thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Thanks for having us. Yes. Sustainability is not a new concept for farmers. For hundreds of years, farmers have worked to give back more than they take because they want their farm to be around for the next 100 years. It's the right thing to do. And frankly, their livelihood depends on it. Thanks for listening and join us again soon when we'll continue to explore, explore all of Michigan's food and agriculture. 
The Michigan AF Podcast is a project of the Michigan Ag Council and the Michigan Grown, Michigan Great campaign. We are a coalition of farmers and agribusinesses committed to providing the best possible foods and products for our neighbors, communities, and the state we all love. To hear more podcasts and to learn about Michigan's agriculture diverse sector, visit michigangrown.org. Mm-hmm.